850 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment on the lighter side. And this afternoon, we welcome back the gospel author, Dr. Luke, for another episode of Luke's Exclusives. Well, well good to talk to you, partner. Uh, say, I, I see you don't have your chief's football helmet on anymore. <laughs> I guess you're no longer afraid of me trying another one of my amazing hair-restoring cures, huh? Well, if, if you please, Dr. Luke, just keep your hands and your medicine off of my head. It's just that my wife heard what I said last week and made me take off the helmet. Oh, why? What, what did you say last week? Oh, I just commented on... Uh, how wearing the helmet like that attracts the ladies. In fact, there were even some women who mistook me there for Chief uh, Quarterback Patrick Mahomes, which, of course, didn't make my wife happy at all. Yeah, I was in the doghouse for that one. So oh, I, I bet you were. Yeah. So out of respect there for the, the little woman there, I'm no longer wearing the helmet. Well, uh, it's best to respect the little woman, best to be safe. But, you know, you should probably take off the cleats, the tight-fitting football pants, and the Mahomes jersey as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like that. So I guess you have a point, though. All right, Dr. Luke, let's just forget about this whole hair issue and get down to business. Today, you're going to share with us the story of the Good Samaritan, a story that is exclusive to your gospel. And even though I'm the only one who recorded it, it is a story uh, familiar to all, uh, perhaps too familiar. What do you mean, Dr. Luke? Well, most people, even non-Christians, have heard the story of a man who interrupted his journey to help another who had been left beaten and robbed by the side of the road. Oh, that's true. Even our legal system has Good Samaritan laws. It's there to shield people from liability when they help people in need. The term Good Samaritan is well known. But I wonder how many people realize the, the practical application this story has for our day-to-day uh, -day lives. In fact, two practical applications. Like what, Dr. Luke? Well, I think the story of the Good Samaritan is actually the story of all our lives. Uh, you see, we're making a journey, aren't we, Mr. Duncan? And not true, we're not going from Jerusalem to Jericho like the people in our text, but we are journeying from here to the heavenly places. You get no argument from me there, Dr. Luke. The Bible clearly says that even now, Jesus is preparing a place for us in our Father's mansion, and Jesus promises that someday we'll be where he is. I get the journey part, but frankly, in my travels, I never run across someone who has been robbed or left half dead. Occasionally, someone will come up and ask for a handout on the streets, but that's about as close as I get in my journeys to ever coming to someone in need. Uh, true, it is a pretty dramatic encounter that is recorded in the scriptures. Uh, but don't let that mislead you. Uh, what Jesus is talking about is anyone we might run into who might be in need. It could be a stranger in the street, but it also might be someone more familiar. Uh, it's whoever crosses our path in need. Be they stranger, husband, wife, son, daughter, co-worker, fellow church member, friend, or neighbor. When you put it that way, we are all living out the story of the Good Samaritan, aren't we? Every day we live that out in our lives. That we are. And what Jesus is calling for us to do is obvious and is also the exact opposite of what the world does. So... You're saying Christians help the needy and the world doesn't? Oh, not at all. Uh, sometimes the world does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, what I'm talking about is a radical difference in attitude 
between the believer and unbeliever. Uh, read, if you would, uh, from my gospel, chapter 10, verses 30 and 31. Okay. Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. By chance a priest was going down the road. Now that's exactly the attitude the world has about the needy. It's just a fluke and an accident that these disadvantaged have crossed our path. Therefore, we can ignore them if we want, or, or maybe give them whatever loose change we have just to get rid of them. Sad to say the world feels this way not only about strangers, but even about those who are close to them. Uh, to them, they, they met their spouses by accident, by chance. Therefore, if things are going well, well, we'll stick around. But if not, they can always go their own way. That They even regard their own children that way. If they want, they can nurture them. Oh, but if not, they can abort them. For them, all the life's encounters are just by chance, and therefore we are free to do as we please. That certainly isn't the view of the Christians, is it? Uh, not at all, Mr. Duncan. We believe that whoever crosses our path was put there by God. Uh, we believe, uh, as husband and wife, it was God who joined us together and let man not rent asunder. We believe all our children, friends, and neighbors are, are gifts given by God and, and should be treated as such. I think this great difference in attitude is probably best illustrated by the teaching of Jesus and one of my fellow gospel writers, uh, the gospel there, Matthew. That's very interesting. Can you tell me the passage you're talking about, Dr. Luke, and I'll look it up? Well, it comes from a section known as the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I didn't record that sermon. Uh, that task was given by the Spirit to my compatriot Matthew. But I think the Spirit gave to me the story that illustrates that sermon. Uh, read, if you would, Matthew 5, verses 46 through 47. Okay. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers... What more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Now that is the attitude of the world, always thinking of themselves first. Now that's probably why the Levite passed by on the other side. He thought to himself, this man has just been recently robbed. Those robbers might still be lying in wait. Or the priest probably passed by thinking, Oh, this man is half dead. If I help him, I will be ceremonially unclean and won't be able to perform my priestly duties. You see, they evaluated the situation according to their own needs without concern for the needs of the other. Oh, that's just like Jesus says there in verse 43 of Matthew 5. Okay, he says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, there, there's the attitude of the world. That's why the lawyer we talked about last week, who, who brought this parable all about, he asked the question, who is my neighbor? For him, life is about distinguishing between those we help and those we hinder. Ultimately, the attitude of the world is, oh, I'll help you, but only if you can help me. I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. Not to say that on occasion, the world might help someone who can't return the favor, but again, they do so only that people will comment how nice they are. In the end, the world helps only if they think it will be of some benefit to them. You know, I told you about all the hair 
stuff you gave me and i've got this hair on my belly that it just now just talking about backs and my back kind of itches too so <laughs> just, <laughs> so uh, i'll get back to the conversation here just want to let you know that stop talking about scratching your back and my back okay okay and and no, i'm not scratching your belly one way or the other no, just so you know i understand uh, uh so in, in contrast to that christians help even when it involves personal sacrifice and christians help regardless of who it is in need i note that jesus says that in the gospel of matthew but i say to you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you which is exactly the point of the story of the good samaritan see you see it wasn't anyone who stopped to help that day it was a samaritan now, now you know samaritans and jews are bitter enemies but why, when the Jews wanted to insult Jesus, they called him a Samaritan devil. And the Samaritans felt the same way about the Jews. Why, why, once, when Jesus was in Samaria, he wanted to spend the night. Jesus, of course, he's got no bigotry for any race. But when the Samaritan villagers heard that he was headed for Jerusalem, they would have nothing to do with him and his disciples. As I recall, Jesus' disciples got pretty upset about that. If I remember correctly, James and John even wanted to call hellfire and brimstone down upon the Samaritan village. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> which clearly shows the animosity between these two nations and also illustrates another point I want to make. But let, let's hammer this one in place. As Jesus says, we are to help anyone we find in need, even our enemies. And so in the parable, it is the hated Samaritan who stops to care for the man who's been beaten and robbed. For the world, the question is, does this man deserve my help or not? Or can this man be of any help to me? But for the Christian, the question is simply, is this man in need? And if he is... How can I be of service, be he my enemy or my friend? This is what the Bible calls dealing with people in mercy. I hate to say it, Dr. Luke. That may be the way Christians are supposed to respond, but unfortunately, often we do not. I must admit that when somebody needy comes up to me, I either look the other way as I'm driving off the highway. I see this all the time here near the, the radio station. You stay on the highway. <laughs> well, stay on the highway. I have to get off I to go to the radio station. There's always people walking up and down, and I, I, I don't make eye contact with them. As you said, I give them the bare minimum just to get them out of my hair. Or, or lack of hair, as, as the case may be. Uh, but, but you're right, Mr. Duncan. As we saw, that attitude was true even of Jesus' disciples. Even sadder to say, uh, that attitude is true of myself. I hope I, I didn't seem too critical of the world in what I said earlier. Uh, the fact is we share the same problem they do. We're all born in sin and conceived in iniquity. But that's why we should note there is more to the story of the Good Samaritan than just that we should help the needy. Actually, there's something in this story that should help us, something that will provide practical assistance for those who find it hard to truly be a Good Samaritan. Uh, if you like, we can continue this story next week. Oh, sure. Of course. I would like that. We look forward to hearing that practical help. And also, I would like you to answer a practical question, if you would, next week. What's that, Mr. Duncan? Well, what about the beggar who comes up to me? Should I give him money? I'm always uh, suspicious if he really needs it. Is that what you mean by being a good Samaritan? Hey, doggies. You know, that's a good question. 
<laughs> and we'll try to answer it on the basis of the parable. Uh, until next week, Mr. Duncan. Thanks for being on the program today. We are the messenger of good news. You can find us worldwide at kfuo.org.